It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. And today, living in the Holy Spirit. You know, he's often called the forgotten person of the Trinity. But the Holy Spirit is working in your life today, really has worked in the life of the church throughout salvation history. But as we think about today, do we have the heart? Uh, Do we have the eyes and maybe the ears to uh, recognize the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us in our lives today? Well, we're going to talk about uh, living in the Holy Spirit today and here to help us on the journey. Our spiritual director back with us once again, Father Nathan Reisman. Father Nathan, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Pastor of two parishes, both in West Bend, Wisconsin, St. Francis Cabrini, and Immaculate Conception. Father Nathan Reisman, welcome back. Good to have you on the program today. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, always uh, love having you on the program and living in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit, love talking about the Holy Spirit. And as we do every day, we'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience uh, to uh, pick up that phone, give us a call, and join in the conversation today. Your experience of the Holy Spirit working in your life. We'd love to hear that. But we'll get those uh, phones open here in just a moment. But uh, Father Nathan Reisman, get us started. And maybe the simple question is, who is the Holy Spirit? This is a great question, and it's a challenging topic for us, especially in, I think, Latin or Western or Roman Catholicism, because I think in our day-to-day parlance and piety, and even in the liturgy, we don't tend to place a lot of explicit or overt emphasis on the Holy Spirit, as opposed to, say, the Eastern Orthodox Christians who tend to have a far more developed, I think, balanced way of talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit altogether, almost always as a rule. In the West, we kind of parcel them out a little bit. There's lots of talk about the Father, a very heavy focus on the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit gets something like the background. So, but to be fair and to be accurate, uh, we profess every Sunday in the Nicene Creed that the Holy Spirit is a co-equal person of the Trinity with Father and Son, and that he proceeds the Father and the Son, and with him he's adored and glorified. You know? and so he is God. He is a person of the Trinity. He was there from all eternity with the Father and the Son. There was never a time when he was not. And so all the reverence and awe and power that we show toward the Father and the Son and all of the, uh, let's say, intimacy and familiarity and desire to be near the, the Father and the Son that we should always be I think, expressing and sensing applies to the Holy Spirit as well. Um, we do know that Of the three persons of the Holy Trinity, as God has shown himself to us as one God in three, the Holy Spirit of the three was probably the one that was, let's say, the most gradually revealed to us and is probably the most mysterious of the three, Um, the one that uh, really didn't even come into the earth in the fullest sense until Jesus himself had gone back to be with his Father when he had united all of human nature to God completely by dying and rising, which made us ready to receive the Holy Spirit finally at that point in the fullness. 
So, I mean, there's some reason to understand why perhaps they get something of a background role. It's not always talked about in the same way. There's not a bunch of, you know, cool stories about it like there is for Jesus, like a birth story and a death story and everything else. So it's, it's, it makes sense. <clears throat> but our theology is that the Holy Spirit is at work in everything that God is doing. So when you know, God forms the earth, the Spirit is there moving over the waters. When God speaks to the prophets, it's the Spirit who does so. You know, when God moves into the temple and lives there, you might say that it's the Spirit's presence, this cloud, so to speak, filling the meeting tent, moving them across the desert, living in the temple. As I said, speaking through the prophets, uh, raising up the dry bones in the Ezekiel story. So always there. When God is born in Bethlehem, all this is done through the power and action of the Holy Spirit, which makes the incarnation a reality and possible. Jesus speaks the Spirit. He drives out demons in the Spirit. He rises in the Spirit. So without that, nothing happens because God is one agent, you know, as he moves and acts in uh, the universe in our lives. Mm. So who is the Holy Spirit? God. It's God. And it helps us, I think, when we really think about that in, in an explicitly clear way. It shouldn't be diminished at all, even if we don't always know what that means. He is God fully equal. Father Nathan Reisman is our spiritual director. Let's open up our phone lines if you'd like to join us on the program today. Toll-free number, 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, Life at relevantradio.com. But as we talk about living in the Holy Spirit, how do you see the Holy Spirit working in your journey of faith? And when has the Holy Spirit helped to, to move you, perhaps in a way that you did not expect? Again, toll-free number, if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Four nine, and I think the Catechism says uh, very clearly the Holy Spirit's the uh, forgotten person of the Trinity. And I think you bring up such a good point. I know for me, the Holy Spirit uh, is not um, uh, the part of the Trinity that I talk about a lot. Certainly, God the Father, Jesus the Son. But I just remember years ago, a friend of mine. It was like every other sentence was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was just amazing to me, and I thought, wow. One, why can't I do that? And I still don't do it. But he was so aware of the Holy Spirit working in his in his life. He talked about it all, all the time. Talked about, I'm going to say, not it. Talked about him, the Holy Spirit, all the time. A, a great lesson for all of us, really. It's true. I, you know, I think that what tends to happen in our spirituality is we tend to take our cues from what's modeled, modeled, modeled for us by other people, um, parents, godparents, priests, teachers, catechists, you know, whatnot, and also the saints. And, you know, it's, it's not often that we encounter people who speak as you are describing. You know, typically what you're talking about has been something that belongs to like a charismatic community, to a particular uh, movement or group in the church that tends to be explicitly very spirit-oriented. So one could say on one level that uh, maybe um, the Western church just doesn't tend to have that as our way of speaking, and perhaps we should be more that way. That's one answer that, we should, that we've all been kind of wrong all this time. Or it, it might also be possibly true to say that the Holy Spirit who does on one level kind of prefer the background, um, prefers to move in a subtle way, prefers not to always be talked about so explicitly, depending upon how one wants to think about it. Um, you might say that the, the Spirit, we know this, is the giver of all gifts in the spiritual life. So uh, fruits of the Spirit, how we pray, how we know God, how we speak about the, the Lord— and maybe the Spirit, in his wisdom, raises up certain people that are just more conscious of him than other people as a unique gift in the church. 
which other people just aren't necessarily going to have. So what I'm trying to say, yes, on one level, uh, we can all learn from people like that who are much more intentional about making sure the spirit is honored, recognized, praised, and glorified and acknowledged, all very, very true. At the same time, there is a bit of a danger in making comparisons in the spiritual life um, because there is in the West such a variety of ways to express what's pious and what is good and what is prayerful. And some people are just more at home, you might say, in those kinds of uh, charismatic settings than the rest of us are. And I don't know that God uh, is upset by that. I think it just kind of is what it is, right? Um, So probably a bit of balance. I think a bit of both might be the way that I would respond to to what you're suggesting, Mm -hmm. which is a very good point. I agree. Yeah, and then Father Nathan, as we talk about living in the Holy Spirit, what does it mean then to live in the Holy Spirit? So for that, this is a great question too, we would probably take our cue from the scriptural figures who did as much as they possibly could to listen, right? I think a person in the Spirit is first a listener, and a person who seeks to be as docile as possible under God's influences and not resist, you know, God's will or God's calling or God's promptings. So one is going to listen, and then as one listens, one is going to pay attention, and this would seem very Ignatian, perhaps, the Jesuits, to the movements of the heart, you know, is, um, because, and we recognize in the movements of the heart, when they're clearly discerned, the movement of the Holy Spirit. So a person in the Spirit is going to listen, and they're going to pay attention to how things are going in a variety of situations wherein they'd be led to make a decision about them. You know, in my marriage, in my prayer, in my occupation, my job, in my friendships and relationships, you know, are there things that are happening that are weighing heavy on my heart, that are producing anxiety, difficulty, frustration, bitterness, jealousy, slander? Paul would say those things are not of the Spirit. On the other hand, are there things that are happening that are joyful, that are patient, that are kind, that are self-controlled, that are chaste, that are uplifting and humble. All those things are fruits of a spirit-filled person. So someone in the spirit is going to listen, first and foremost, to God's voice, and is going to ask to be guided by the spirit's promptings in the heart that if one pays attention, one can kind of figure out what God's trying to say. Um, And sometimes we will be really stubborn and ignore it for a long time as he keeps kind of making it more and more obvious until we figure it out. But a spirit-filled person will will try and be as docile of those promptings as possible in all the sectors of life that he or she possibly can be. Yeah, and then, Father Nathan, do we just sometimes not recognize the Spirit working so we have this great idea and then it's all about me? Wow, look at this great idea I had. <laughs> and I just wonder sometimes if everything going on around us that we give ourselves too much credit and maybe don't really see the Spirit working in our lives. You're exactly right. And I think that the Gospels and the saints often allude to that very dynamic. You know, we are, uh, as fallen creatures, very proud by nature. I certainly am. You know, I'm not alone in that. And I think it's a very common human tendency to begin to think that when good things happen or some things are accomplished, that we have done this ourselves. Aren't we amazing? And um, to your prior question, a spiritual person, one who is led in the spirit, is going to be hopefully much more quick to acknowledge that all good things come from God that we are simply God's instruments, and that God seeks to bring about a variety of things through us, through his power. Um, We get to cooperate, and it's not like we do nothing. We get to bring our gifts that he gives us to bear on the situation. So we we add, if you will, to the mix, our will and our intellect and our very selves, but nonetheless, all the while recognizing we'd have nothing if it wasn't for God, nothing if it weren't for the Holy Spirit. 
St. Paul would say you couldn't even pray without the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the engine that drives every single thing. So a wise person, a humble person, a spirit-filled person who is full of the gifts of the Spirit, speaking of you know, things like Confirmation and Pentecost and whatnot, is quick to acknowledge one's place. I am just an instrument. The Spirit is what is powerful. The Spirit is what operates and what works. And Jesus will even say in the Gospels, you know, one of the greatest wrongs that a person can commit is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which is a mysterious passage in the Gospels. It's hard to pick apart what he means, but I think one way to think of it might be this. It would be, uh, in with two different directions. One, taking credit for things that really are the Spirit's work and not our own. That's prideful. And the flip side, um, assigning something to the Spirit when it's actually of men and not of God. And thinking all these things are happening, this must be of God, when the fact is we're the ones doing it and we're putting this on God. Well, both those things are offensive against the Spirit and an, uh, an inability to recognize one's place in the workings of, of God's plan, you might say. Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director, talking about living in the Holy Spirit today. What's been your experience of that? Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, Father Nathan, let's take a phone call for you and Anne listening in Minneapolis. Uh, thank you for the call and welcome to the program today. Um, I just wanted to call in and tell you about um, the dearest Holy Spirit uh, about two years ago on 4th of July. I was in a pilgrimage in France at Normandy at the um, U.S. Uh, cemetery there and yep. was just um, realizing what these young men and women gave their whole lives for us. And it was just, I was just, just thinking about their redemption and just was praying. It's like, you know, they gave so much so young um, and I just felt such sorrow that for their short life that I just like, I wanted, wanted to make sure they were going to be going with God. And so at that point, um, the Holy Spirit just put a vision on my heart. Um, he showed this like beautiful river of blood just washing over the cemetery. Um, mm. And then he showed just a beautiful river of crystal clear water um, going over it also. And I just took it on my heart as he was cleansing and purifying all these beautiful young men and women, their souls, so that they could go to heaven. And it was just such a beautiful vision that he gave me to be comforted in the fact that they would be going or that they had gone with him. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, that that's a that's a remarkable thing to be able to behold and to take in and to experience. So, what it tells me is that maybe, anyhow, it's always hard to say things for sure, but maybe God is trying to let you be able to see the beauty of the gift, the sacrifice of people who give their lives for other people, which has always been a virtue in our tradition to lay down one's lives for those who cannot defend themselves, as Jesus laid down His life for all of us who are the weak, right? And that, yeah, by the Spirit's power, which can do all things and mend and fix all things, all of the horrors and the hardship of that situation, especially plus like Normandy, uh, he has a way of kind of washing away and cleansing because our hearts ache for things like that to be cleansed and to let the purity of the sacrifice that they made come forth, right? So God's Spirit can mend and fix anything. It's really, really true. And I think the image that you're talking about, the vision, let's say, is God's way of speaking to that um, and communicated to us uh, 
what the need to be consoled by his spirit and to rest in that, rather than thinking we had to fix it all ourselves, which we, we can't yeah. fix much of anything, but God can. Yeah. And thanks uh, for joining us uh, with a beautiful story. We appreciate that. Father Nathan, she used the word comforted. And um, when we feel comforted, can we look at uh, and recognize the Holy Spirit working in those moments? I think so. And again, you know, the, the trick, as I was suggesting here and there along the way today, is that, you know, discerning the Spirit is not always a piece of cake. You know, it does take some time. It does take uh, events to let themselves play themselves out. And, and we have to be careful, kind of jumping too quickly on the conclusion of it being God's will and speaking too soon. So sometimes the moons of the heart are not always, you know, the, the clearest indicators, um, at least at first glance. So all that being said as a disclaimer, yes. I do think that when we find ourselves being consoled, especially in the face of things that would otherwise be anxious, um, when we really sense in those moments that God is near to us, and when I think that we sense theological thoughts that are in total line with all the scriptural truths of be not afraid, I am with you to guard you, to guide you, you know, I'll speak for you in the face of opposition. So in those moments, I think we can be pretty confident the Spirit is near the Spirit is what's bringing about a restful, quiet, peaceful heart, um, especially one that, again, in a situation would otherwise be very afraid. You know, so obviously the Spirit's at work, right? So mm. can we point to consolation as the Spirit's presence? I, I think a lot of the time, yes, we can. And we're not wrong to ask for it either. Uh, aren't there so many times in life when we are afraid, we're anxious, and we want guidance, and we don't know what to do? Uh, what does Jesus say to us in the scriptures for today's Mass? Call out and ask and seek and knock on the door, and I will come to your assistance. So, um, yes, I think that it is of the Spirit consolation, and we should seek it whenever we need it. God asks us to do so for our benefit. We are talking today about living in the Holy Spirit, and how do you see the Holy Spirit working in in your journey of faith? And uh, also, when has the Holy Spirit helped to move you, perhaps, in a way uh, you didn't expect to be going? Father Nathan Reisman is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Luke, chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. Jesus said to his disciples, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give him the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then, who are wicked, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And thank you for joining us on The Inner Life today. Good to have all of you with us on the program. Chuck Naff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Jim Shaper answering your phone calls. Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director on the program today. Father Nathan is a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, pastor of two parishes, both in West Bend, Wisconsin, St. Francis Cabrini, and Immaculate Conception, talking today about living in the Holy Spirit. And what has been your experience of that? How do you see the Holy Spirit working in your faith? And when has the Holy Spirit maybe helped move you, uh, perhaps in a way uh, you didn't expect, or maybe in a way you didn't want to go? But again, toll free. If you'd like to join us, uh, 888-914-914. Four nine, and you can email us in or life at relevantradio.com. Just a real quick uh, programming note. Tomorrow, this hour of the day on Friday, 11 a.m. Central, we're going to be broadcasting the Apparition Anniversary Mass from the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, and this is the only approved Marian apparition site in the United States. This annual Mass commemorates when Our Lady appeared in October of 1859, identifying herself as the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. Bishop David Ricken, Bishop of Green Bay, will be the celebrant. Uh, Drew Mariani is also will be there to provide commentary. And if you normally listen or watch the Daily Mass at noon on Relevant Radio, just make a note that uh, because of this special broadcast, again, during this hour tomorrow, um, we will not be broadcasting the uh, noon Mass uh, at at noon central here on Relevant Radio. So just uh, be aware of that. But uh, you can listen uh, on your local Relevant Radio station. Watch online at RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. And again, tomorrow, this hour, 11 a.m. Central, we invite you to join us right here on Relevant Radio. Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director, talking about living in the Holy Spirit. Let's head back to the phones and Anne listening in Burnsville, Minnesota. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the program today. Good morning. Um, I'd like to offer encouragement to mothers and for those who have the vocation of marriage. And just a, a couple things about hearing the Holy Spirit is that I found it to be a very natural thing in some ways easy and when we listen to the holy spirit and say yes god rewards that and he makes it very fruitful um in regards to it being a natural thing i think if um you look at marriage as a vocation and you want to say yes to that vocation that desire to say yes i believe the holy spirit is just very um he's quiet but very uh, comforting in the way he comes to you in ways of just an inclination of 
dropping what you're doing and listening to a child. I look back, I have adult children now, and I look back and I see so many times that from a human standpoint, I would have missed something, but I believe it was the Holy Spirit very generously leading me to do or say something I needed to do with my children, even if at the time it didn't really make sense or it was a little messy. But I said yes anyway, and say now having adult children, I can see how how God brought so much fruit out of that. And I was I had to call today because my adult daughter just called me this morning. She gave me an example of how some things I had done when she was young are bearing. They bore fruit at the time, but they're really bearing fruit now. And she said that um, she noticed the things I did to form all of the children in the faith have stuck with her. And she said, even though, you know, we, we didn't do it perfectly and maybe kind of pushed back and maybe didn't act like we liked it, she said, that has really stuck with me. And I responded to her that it, you know, it did feel messy at the time, but I was, I was saying yes to the Lord. I was being obedient. I knew he was calling me to do this. And I said, there's, there's no training to be a mom. You don't go to college to be a mom. I mean, there's classes, but really you're, you're kind of going into it blind. But the beautiful thing is that the Lord is there holding your hand. And when you're saying yes to him, he's giving you all those graces of the sacrament to be able to hear the Holy Spirit on what you should do, when you should do it. And and it is hard because when you're going through it, you're you're keeping the toddler alive and you're changing a diaper. And now especially, there's all social media that shows every party and every event is perfect. It's not what real life looks like, but it doesn't mean the Lord isn't there directing you and that he's going to take that even the smallest amount of obedience in your yes. Um, he's going to just make a beautiful thing of it. Wow. Well, thank you, Anne. I mean, for the great message of encouragement for moms and for, you know, consolation in the spirit. You know, as um, as you're talking, I'm thinking about something from the scriptures. And it is the idea that, um, and, and hang on, because there is a parallel here, you know, in, in the Old Testament especially, and we also know of this, even the case of Elizabeth and Zechariah, the times when life was brought forth in mothers, in women, who were told they weren't able to have any children, that uh, God's Spirit brings life where there wasn't life before and generates life you know, in the womb. And it occurs to me as you're talking that this doesn't only happen historically in the realm of the biological and the miraculous, because God can do that. He does raise up life where it wouldn't be possible, but it also happens in the way that God brings forth the life, you might say, of motherhood. You know, like you're describing, I mean, even beyond just the biological, the Spirit raises uh, promptings, words of encouragement, uh, sentiments, wherein a mom would say, where'd that come from? That must have come from God. Because you're right, there is no parenting manual, and there never is going to be one, but there is the Holy Spirit. And when women, you know, uh, like yourself, listen to its promptings and do your best in a vocation, you can be consoled that God's going to kind of clean up what didn't get <laughs> always spit out right or talked about properly. And, and in that way, he's always generating life, you know, not just biologically, but life in the spirit. And in that way, the Spirit is the great uh, prompter and assistance to motherhood all through the ages. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with all that you say. And uh, moms can rest in its power in a way that's unique to you as women in the gift of your vocation of motherhood and of your femininity. So 
I, yeah. Thanks for your story. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Ann. Good to have you on the program today. I love when she said uh, when doing things when things don't make sense. And I just think back mm-hmm. to a couple of times uh, years ago. I, in our production company, I ended up hiring a, a gentleman, and it made absolutely no sense. We were having some financial issues. But, oh, I'm telling you, Father Nathan, I knew in the depths of my heart I needed to do this. And when I give talks on this, I, I say that uh, if the Harvard School of Business had a book on the 10 uh, most uh, foolish things to do in business, this would have been in the top five. I mean, it just made absolutely no sense. It would be literally years later, that, or not years, but uh, but months later, that, that I would find out that uh, he really needed the job. He really needed the job. And it just didn't make any sense for me to do it, but I knew I needed to do it. So back to this, um, you know, our, our faith journey and when those moments come up in our in our lives where it doesn't make any sense and we do it anyway, I've come to believe that's the Holy Spirit working. Yeah, that's, I think all that's accurate. And the caller, I think, teased it out very well. Your story is another good one, and it happens all throughout, I think, life. If we, are, if we pray at all, which hopefully all of us are doing, if we pay any attention to God at all, we do look back at some parts and go, my goodness, how did that happen? It turned out like just like it was supposed to. One at the time, I didn't see it coming at all. And one says with a sense of wondrous astonishment, God really does have a plan. <laughs> there, there really is, a, as a friend of mine likes to say, there really is a Holy Spirit. I'm like, yep, there definitely <laughs> is, right? And it really yeah. is true. You know, and we, and we can almost be astonished because we're so wrapped up in our plans and our ideas. We're such great planners and thinkers, and we have this idea that we see all these things. But what we see is so tiny compared to how God sees the whole picture. And the Spirit, I think, kind of nudges us over into the bigger realm of a broader vision to be able to see the much, much bigger idea that God has in mind and how it just kind of works through us sometimes almost by accident because he will bring about his plan for salvation. He just will. We just need to uh, cooperate a bit, don't we, at times? Father, uh, Nathan Reisman's our spiritual director. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Inner Life, coast-to-coast coast and around the world, on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app, our program on spiritual direction. And today we're talking about living in the Holy Spirit. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free, 888-914-9149, our email address, Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com. But how do you see the Holy Spirit working in your journey of faith? And when has the Holy Spirit perhaps moved you to uh, to do something that uh, that you didn't maybe want to do and maybe you didn't even expect uh, you could do? Again, toll-free number, 888-914-9149. So, Father Nathan, I have to ask, in your call to the priesthood, uh, can we presume that the uh, Holy Spirit was uh, was uh, working in in your vocation? Yeah, most certainly. And I think especially along the lines of what you just got done saying, insofar as when I was growing up in my family, I would never really thought about being a priest. It's not something that was on my radar screen. And so one can kind of look back now, all these many years later, at the little encounters, which at the time appeared to be chance encounters, which looking back on now, they were not chance encounters at all wherein a person would begin to drop a hint about, you should think about the seminary, or have you thought about this? And I I remember originally putting up all these ideas of resistance to it, and I would sort of say to God in my prayer, you know, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to prove it by taking down all these things that I think are objections. And one at a time, he, he just did. 
And I, I, I really think to myself, looking back on it now, that was the Holy Spirit at work in a way that I couldn't at the time have engineered, constructed, figured out, or designed. And at a certain point, I think it just kind of gave in and said, well, you win. You know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm running out of reasons to object to this. Maybe I can actually embrace it, you know, which the Spirit allowed me to do, too, in a very positive way. And so in all those ways, you know, God kind of aligns things. And then once one is ordained and one moves into it, rather like our call from Bidigo talking about motherhood, you know, one figures out, and um, our bishops at the time and our formators would always tell us this, and it's not unique to them, this line's been around for a long time, it's the people who will teach you how to be a priest, and they will do so by kind of pulling it out of you. As you put in situations, you have to, have to make tough calls, as you help people at a at someone's deathbed, as you you know, are involved in situations you couldn't have possibly planned or imagined, um, difficult management decisions as a pastor. I mean, at the time, you, you think to yourself, where is this going? What's happening? Why am I getting squeezed like a bunch of toothpaste out of the tube? You know, um, but you realize that God is shaping and molding and pushing and prodding, and the Spirit is at work on all of it to land you where you are today, which is in His graces. So, um I couldn't have invented a life like this. It had to have been given to me by the Spirit and by mm-hmm. God. And his promptings are, I think, um, key to continuing on in it uh, day after day after day. Father, Nathan Reisman is our spiritual director on the program today. We're talking about living in the Holy Spirit. As you think about your journey of faith, how do you see the Holy Spirit working in your faith life? And uh, maybe the Holy Spirit moved you uh, perhaps in a way you didn't expect. Uh, We'd love to hear the story. Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And welcome back, Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director. Father Nathan, pastor of two parishes in West Bend, Wisconsin, St. Francis Cabrini, Immaculate Conception, both in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, talking today about living in the Holy Spirit. Uh, What's been your experience of that? How have you seen the Holy Spirit working in your journey of faith? We'd love to hear the story. And again, toll free if you'd like to join us in the time we have left, 888-914-9149. Before we get uh, back to some phone calls, um, what the election is uh, coming up probably quicker than we imagine. And just to mention, you know, it's really our responsibility as uh, Catholics, uh, yours and mine, to be involved in the culture and the governance of our nation and our communities. Our church family and the most vulnerable members of society are depending on that. Well, Father Rocky has a new ebook. It's called Vote Your Conscience, and this will help you learn how to form your conscience around the truth, the beauty, the goodness, and Catholic teaching, and then to use your well-formed conscience in all areas of your life to make moral choices. And that may be in voting, raising your family, evangelizing those around you. And Father's uh, Father Rocky's ebook is absolutely 
absolutely free. All you have to do, go to the website, relevantradio.com slash vote or sign up on the Relevant Radio app. And after you download your copy, uh, uh, your copy of uh, Vote Your Con- Conscience uh, will will be sent to you immediately. And then when you do that, invite your family, invite your friends to sign up and get their own copy. This knowledge is meant to be shared. So again, free copy, Vote Your Conscience. Do it today. Just go to the website, relevantradio.com slash vote or sign up on the Relevant Radio app. We would encourage you to do that right now. Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director, talking about living in the Holy Spirit. Let's get back to the phones. And uh, Mark, uh, listening in Maplewood, New Jersey. Hey, Mark, uh, good to have you on the program today. Chuck, thanks so much. Hi, Father Nathan. And uh, this is a great topic. Great topic. Hi. And yeah, so, you know, my story, uh, one particular uh, time that the Spirit really spoke to me very clearly was um, 2004, and I was just about to get on a plane to go to Mexico on a mission trip uh, with a evangelical uh, uh, mission. It wasn't Catholic, but I, I knew some of the people. And um, here, I, I didn't speak Spanish. You know, I'm, I'm going to a different country uh, to share the gospel and I was thinking that there are many members of my family who, though raised in the church, uh, really weren't living in the faith. And uh, I, I really felt convicted. I said, you know, what can I do? Um, you know, struggling with addiction, struggling with relationship issues and, you know, just different confusions and stuff. And so I, I was just on my knees, literally calling out to God, you know, uh, to help us. And I heard, you know, really clearly in my inner ear, family retreat. And I, you know, I was like, what's a family retreat? I, I'd been on Curcios and searches and Antioch weekends and confirmation retreats, silent retreats, but I'd never heard of a family retreat. And uh, so I, I ended up calling my sister, uh, Colleen. I said, hey, what do you think about doing a family retreat? And she goes, I think it's a great idea. And so just like instantly it kind of took, I called another sister. She said, well, what is it? I said, I, I don't really know, but, you know, we would just bring in some speakers and share the gospel. We'd have a chance to pray and just be together. And one thing led to another, and uh, we had our first annual uh, back in 2004. And uh, we're, we're coming up on our 14th annual uh, next weekend. Wow. Isn't that something? So there you go. So as you say, I mean, by your fervent, heartfelt prayers to the Spirit for help and guidance, something really great, it sounds like, was born, you know, a tradition and uh, for you and for those nearest to you. So amazing how God can kind of take the situations that at the time seem like they're going to be so impossible, uh, lifeless, let's say, and bring life and possibility out of them. And uh, you prayed and you were open to it and you acted upon it. So all of that is the key to the spiritual life right there. So I, I yeah. like your story. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, and then, hey, Mark, have you been able to see the fruits of all of this over the years? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've we tried to mess it up, <laughs> but God just has his hand on this thing. And uh, the first retreat, um, my sister Kelly had a very powerful conversion experience after the retreat as a follow-up where, you know, she was really stuck in that idea that we have to, you know, jump through hoops to have God love us. And so when she heard the truth that, you know, God loves us 
no matter what, you know, God loves the people in hell. Uh, he, he loves everyone. Um, it doesn't mean we're going to be saved, but that, but it doesn't, it, it's not that we can earn God's love. And once she got that, I think everything else fell into place and she's just had a beautiful, uh, conversion where she's been involved in the choir and she's a lector and, um, just a beautiful witness. Uh, so that's just one of many, you know, stories every year there's reconciliations. There's people that, you know, there's tears of repentance. Uh, we have a mass every year. We have reconciliation on the retreat. And this year we're actually doing the unbound program. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but, uh, so I, I'm just really believing that God is going to set people free and, uh, you know, and, and just keep doing this beautiful work that he's doing. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. And uh, I just remember, it reminds me, uh, my wife Judy and I, we uh, were presenting Team Couple on Marriage Encounter Weekends for a good number of years. And Father Nathan, every time we would we would head out on Friday, and I would say this every weekend, this is stupid. <laughs> we're going to go on this weekend, and we're going to talk to some married couples. And in a matter of a couple of days, the Holy Spirit is going to touch their hearts, and they're going to be changed. This is crazy, but um, the Holy Spirit just works, uh, even when we don't think He can work or will work. It's just amazing to me. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I'm not going to lie. There are certainly some times when you're a priest where you kind of walk into some event or situation going, what am I doing here exactly, Lord? <laughs> and you kind of say, what's going to come out of this? And then it just ends up being, like you're saying, this really great thing, and things come out of people's mouths, and, and you walk away going, I didn't cause that, clearly. There, as my friend says, there must be a Holy Spirit. So, uh, yes, exactly, you know. Um, so he, he wants to take situations that we are sometimes reluctant about or hesitant about that he has arranged for, for for good reasons and and bring good out of them. And again, I think the best thing we could do is be docile, be open, and just give it our best. You know, if we just put all that into the situation, just try our best to be open and docile, we have to trust he'll do whatever has to happen and, and yeah. in ways we can't even see. We won't see probably sometimes for years, but that is how it works. Totally agree mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Mark, thanks again. Good to have you on the program. Let's head to Milwaukee and Michael listening there. Hello, Michael. Welcome. Good to have you on the program today. Good morning, Chuck. <clears throat> nice to be talking to you in this wonderful subject you have today. And uh, I just want to share with you and uh, Father Nathan that um, I had an incredible experience. Now it's almost 40 years ago when I went to a Life in the Spirit seminar, and I learned what the Holy Spirit is really all about in great depth. And uh, the, the scriptures give us wonderful insights into what's going on with the Holy Spirit. And uh, in, in the first book of uh, the Gospel of Acts, the Lord is about to raise, you know, rise up and go into heaven. And he tells the apostles, he said, please be patient and wait for my the promise of my father. He said, you've been baptized by John with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you will receive power when the Spirit comes down upon you, and you will be my witness in Judea, Judea, and, and, and throughout the world. And there's an incredible message from our Lord, the last thing he said when before he went up into heaven. And I learned what that was really all about, and the the reality is that uh, uh, St. John in, in the first gospel of 
of St. John, the fourth gospel, tells us God is spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. And then when I prayed myself for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with others, uh, it was extremely transformative. And I realized that when we ask for the Holy Spirit to come into our heart, we're asking for the spirit of the triune God to come into our heart. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, it, and we pray to Jesus, but we, it's wonderful because he wants us to. And uh, But Jesus is, is a spirit, and that God's Father is a spirit. And at the Last Supper, Jesus was praying with his apostles, and, and uh, he, he, he was finishing praying with them, and he said, Father... I pray that they may be one, his apostles, that they may be one, that uh, I living in them, Jesus living with them, and and you living with me, that their unity is complete. How could Jesus and the Father live within you if we didn't fully understand the blessing that they are spirit, and the spirit of God, the triune spirit of God, the God of the universe can literally live in our hearts when we ask him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can't argue with any of that. I, I, and I, it sounds like you have really learned a great deal of great, solid piety and spirituality from your time. And um, I appreciate your devotion to the spirit in its, its proper sense. So thank you, Michael. Yeah, and Michael, if I might ask you a question, uh, do I presume that uh, this understanding of the Holy Spirit has has changed you? That it's uh, changed your life? Well, it's been it's been extremely transformative. In other words, I'm, I was a changed person after I prayed and asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then I read in Colossians chapter one, uh, uh, Paul tells us, uh, you know. Uh, he, he prayed for the um, the reality hidden before all ages past, but now revealed to his holy ones, the mystery of Christ in you, your hope of glory. And that really was amazing when I realized that the Spirit of God can literally come in and live in our hearts. The Father and the Son went up, and it, it changed my life because I came to know the Lord like he was sitting right next to me. And uh, it was very transformative. And uh, the the joy of the Lord is really our strength. And uh, no matter what, which is another beautiful reality, and the joy of the Lord means to have the incredible joy of knowing that the Spirit of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, literally live within you. And uh, even in difficult times, and we're all going through difficult times, uh, happiness is a is a uh, emotional experience, but the joy of the Lord is the realization of Christ in you, your hope of glory, and no matter what. And I like to tell the story very briefly of uh, recently over in Syria, there was a, a gentleman that uh, went to uh, a Jesuit school, and I went to one too. And he he was his name was Jim Foley. He was a, a, a journalist. And he got caught by the the uh, uh, mob yeah. and yeah, he, was says, yeah. beheaded. He, he was eventually beheaded. And and the word is that the last words out of his mouth were Jesus Christ. Hmm. And so with with that kind of 
reality of Christ and us, our hope of glory, it, it changed my life. There was no question about it. And, and, um, yeah. Well, Michael, God bless you. Thanks uh, for joining us. And may, maybe that's in the minute we have left. Uh, Father Nathan, is if we invite the Holy Spirit in, uh, our lives can be changed in so many incredible ways. Yeah, it's true. In our um, cultural discourse right now, it talks a lot about agents of change in election year. It's good for us to remember the, the real, ancient, and current, and future agent of change is always the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are wise to invite him into any situation, any idea, any situation, circumstance, and trust in God's power to do good things with it and to move us in his graces. So, yeah, indeed, uh, ask for it and be open to it. And then, like we said before, act upon it with all of our best, and the Spirit will take it where it needs to go to change us for the better. Yeah. Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director, apologies we can't get to the rest of our phone calls today. We are just uh, running out of time. And uh, Father Nathan, as you know, we do like uh, to take time at the end of the program to offer a final blessing for all of our listeners. Now, mighty God bless and protect all of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Nathan Reisman, always a pleasure. Great insights as always. Thanks for joining us on the program today. And uh, don't forget, uh, coming up at the, about a minute and a half from now, we're going to be celebrating Mass. Uh, and then at 1230 Central, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. We invite you to stay tuned for that. And then just a reminder, tomorrow during this hour, 11 a.m. Central, we'll be broadcasting the Apparition Anniversary Mass from the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. This is the only approved Marian apparition site in the United States. And again, that's going to be broadcast tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central, during this hour right here on Relevant Radio. Stay tuned now for the Mass. Make this a great day, everyone. We will see you next time on The Inner Life.